Hello everyone, welcome to the 14th episode of the R&D department, brought to you by the fine folks at the Brent Law Group. As always, please check out our website, www.brentlawgroup.com, for all of your Michigan-based and tax law needs. Also, look up Julia Giesgang in the Hawaii Bar for all of your Veterans Affairs needs, and... Uh, you know, just sit back and enjoy the show. We uh, talk about a few different topics. I apologize for kind of the helter-skelter nature. We recorded later in the day than usual because Julia had house guests and I had some things to take care of in the morning. But sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. You know, that, that for me, I gotta tell you, that is one thing I don't miss about, uh, not working from home anymore. It, um, that and the, the temptation just work every hour of the day. Well, it's, it's that I have a temptation to work every hour of the day, but I also have a temptation to not work at all because there's so many other things I could do. And so mm-hmm. when I'm relaxing, I feel guilty, mm. and when I'm working, I feel resentful. Mm-hmm. I haven't quite gotten that balance figured out yet. And the absolute best is when the dog starts barking when the client's on the phone. That shatters all illusions of professionalism. Ah, uh, you know, I know a few of the secretary's attorneys that uh, that you know, telecommute or work from home too. So mm-hmm. I'm not the only person who's had a dog bark during a briefing conference. Good to know. It's okay. It happens. Um, but no, it's more hubby doesn't come home till Friday. So Aww. still bored. Had friends here mm-hmm. since Thursday. So that was nice. That was cool. Yep. Your your bestie from up here, right? Yeah. The house alarm went off while we were in Nashville, which is an hour away. Friday uh, night. Anything broken or? No. So the guy who upsold me on the motion sensor mm-hmm. said, oh, no, cats have never set off a motion sensor. Mm-hmm. That apparently is untrue well um in particular what the problem can be is they're kind of wide spectrum how how much does a show go away well she's in a crate so it's not her that's the problem okay. the cats don't weigh over 20 pounds so they they mm. said the cats shouldn't be a problem i mm-hmm. guess unless they stack themselves on top of each other but um, well, i was thinking like walking next to each other maybe um, I guess the problem is, which of course they didn't tell me when they sold us on the motion sensor, is if they get uh, on a countertop, mm-hmm. um, then it doesn't view it as a 10-pound cat on a countertop. It views it as a tall object moving. Ah. So I have a motion sensor that's useless, so I can't set my alarm mm-hmm. to away because uh, I will risk having the cops come to my house and eventually you start getting fined for that kind of thing. 
But it is a little alarming to have your house alarm go off. Well, yeah, I'm not actually not trying to make the joke, but it is alarming to have a, your house alarm mm-hmm. go off while you're an hour away from your home and your husband's yep. in Korea. And, you know, I mean, that never happened to me before, so I mm-hmm. had no idea what the hell was going on. We do the one with the, I I did the self install kit with uh, the phone notifications and stuff. That's really nice because one nine times out of ten I, I'm actually close enough to the house to actually see if there's a problem. Because my main concern is not you know someone breaking down my door and stealing shit. None of the stuff in my house you know. It would take them to steal a lot of objects before it hits my homeowner's deductible. Yes. But I'm worried, you know, they're kicking in the front door and then the dog runs away because the front door is just wide open. I'm worried about somebody hurting my dog. Hmm. Because she's crated, but she'll still, I mean, she would still bark. And mm-hmm. and I've read stories where, you know, they, they do what they need to do to make the dog shut up so that they can go, you know finish whatever it is they're here to do and she's entirely Mm -hmm. defenseless being in a crate so Mm -hmm. um that was my biggest concern driving back from nashville until of course i heard that it was just the motion sensor and everything was okay because i was like oh my god if somebody hurts my dog i'm gonna have to kill them and then go to prison it it would be under it would be understandable you wouldn't get any more than bernie gets got uh so, did you read that story that I posted about a couple in Texas who had a Hillary Clinton sign in their front yard? Um, their one night, their truck was vandalized. The sign was stolen and replaced with a Hillary for Prison 2016 sign. And the next day, or later that night, and the next day, their dog exhibited signs of poisoning. And hmm. the dog died, um, and the vet determined it was a, a poisoning with a neurotoxin. So hmm. somebody literally killed somebody's dog for supporting Hillary Clinton. That is an arms race we don't need to get into, because there was the Trump supporter who had all of his signs, and he had a, a local artist make little... GOP statue that was torched on his front lawn. It, some people get really screwed up with the politics. Okay, no, I'm not saying that. No, I, that I mean it's I'm saying it's all out of hand. No, no, no. Yeah, but it's to a, kill it's a, a dog arms race. Yeah, that is messed up. That's way more messed up than the other thing. They don't even kill the dog mentioned. in Mad Max. Okay, I'm just saying that you know. Um, Stealing somebody's well, and somebody stole my friend's Trump lawn sign mm-hmm. and threw it out down the street. And I thought that was really messed up, even though I can't stand mm-hmm. Trump. But um, that's a far cry. Even vandalizing a car—that's a far cry from killing an animal. I wonder if just a devil's advocate, as screwed up as it is to, you know, paint graffiti, break windows, and stuff. Based off of politics, maybe the dog was coincidental. No, the dog was definitely poison. No, no, no. I mean, you know, you, I, I, I have poison traps in the backyard for um, 
rats and stuff, they like to come out of the storm drains. And if a dog or cat were to scarf down on one of the dead rats that has been poisoned by me, they would get very sick. Possibly coincidental, but the timing of it is highly suspect. Because Indeed. this all happened, like, on the same night. Mm-hmm. So, that's... Yeah, it. I would love to see some follow-up on that. Unfortunately, yeah, I... I kind of glossed through it. It, The facts of it are unsettling and tragic, but the content of the article is more, see, all of Trump supporters, just sociopaths and psychos. I don't, well, okay. I didn't really see it that way, but I don't imagine there is a significant amount of... Um, Hillary supporters going out and vandalizing other people's stuff. Yeah, you okay, see, you gotta understand. Replacing you, lawn signs. Well, no, no, you gotta understand, and this is this is true. So don't, don't the equivalency argument. I think when it comes to Donald Trump, doesn't work because Donald Trump has uh, has embraced and energized the alt right. Mm-hmm. Hillary He's Clinton. There. They finally have does not, their candidate. Right. Well, Hillary Clinton does not have supporters that are anything even remotely close to like the alt right. So, I, I I find it to be a false equivalency to say, oh, I'm sure that Hillary supporters are doing the same type of thing. No. I wasn't saying that. I was saying there was also a news story where arson was committed on someone because they had Donald Trump support paraphernalia on their front yard. Well, yeah. And pretty screwed up too. That's messed up. But I do think that it's absolutely true that, um, the Donald Trump supporters are by far significantly more dangerous as a whole than the Hillary Clinton supporters. Yeah. That actually brings me to a, a really good question, a really good legal question. You said this happened in Texas, right? Yes. Um, in Texas, if you kill someone's pet, is that a battery or is that destruction of property? Um, I think in all states it's destruction of property. Pets are mm. not. Um, well, I don't know. I think. Uh... I I think it's it's usually battery if it's on the leash, like if someone. Got, Oh, God, I would love to see someone take a swing at my dog because she would go after that person like a honey badger. I mean, I don't think that there's any state that considers dogs to be akin to humans such that you Mm -hmm. can use deadly force to protect them. I don't think that exists anywhere (laughs) because by and large, they're considered property. Well, again, I mean, in 20 states, you can use deadly force, including firearms, to defend property on your, on your, in your home or curtilage. Okay, well, Texas is one of them. Right. So, I mean, I think if if that was happening, um, and you were aware of it, then yes. But can someone kill your dog? And you can go out and like, well, you can't do that for a human anyway, either. Mm -hmm. So, but I probably would have a very hard time not committing homicide if somebody hurt my dog. <laughs> Thank you for starting us out on such an upbeat tone. 
Mm. Where do we go from dead dogs? And <laughs> just further evidence that this is probably the worst election in 50 years. Uh, he's going to lose so badly. Yeah. yeah. No, I he saw, really... I mean, even states that he's winning, he's at between 35 and 40 percent, which is interesting. He's got a cap that he really can't go higher than. And he, his surrogate, even though he got that, you know, and, mm-hmm. and Mary, what, what, what is it? Mary, oh, what's her name? Mary. I can see her face. She looks a lot like J.K. Rowling. <laughs> Don't say that. New, well, her new, uh, his new uh, press, uh, press liaison. No, she's not a press liaison. She's the campaign manager. Mm. Mary, it, I say I want to say Marianne, but it's not Marianne. It's Mary, um, shit. Mary Ellen? Uh-uh. Mm. Um, I thought the Breitbart guy was the new No, he is the CEO. Oh, okay. There is a CEO uh, and a campaign manager. I am a little alarmed at what it says about campaign finance law that he has a CEO. That I just find that funny. Well, it's, um... Could you give me her name, please? Because it's going to bug me, and I can hear you clicking away at the computer. So, The problem is the top results are all from MSNBC. It doesn't matter. I just need her name. No, it's like Rachel Maddow making fun of her. Well, good, because she should be made fun of. Um, Kellyanne Conway. Kellyanne, that's it. Okay. That is a that is a down home ass down home name. Dude, she's a smart cookie. Is Kellyanne the coal miner's daughter? There's a movie you haven't seen. Uh, no, that's a movie I haven't seen. But Kellyanne is. It, she was a Ted Cruz. Uh, she was part of Ted Cruz's campaign mm-hmm. originally. She mm-hmm. is smart as shit. I mean, I'll give her that. She's very, very smart. I'm a little confused as to why she's agreed to sign on to this. Well, let me let me ask you this. Um, What let's say someone offered to pay you half a million dollars a month to do legal research for Donald Trump, would you? She's killing her career in the future by doing this. She's not. Yes, she is. It's it's quite. This is going to go down in in horrific flames. And does she really want to be attached to said flames? Uh, for God's sakes, James Carville hitched his wagon to Al Gore all the way through that horrendous court case, and it didn't kill his career. Al Gore is not Donald Trump. This is true. But she was a supporter of Ted Cruz, who's also mm-hmm. totally crazy. So um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe she just comes off less nuts than she actually is. Um, she you know, is when I look a very well-respected pollster. Mm-hmm. That's an important thing, I think, with a campaign manager is actually someone who can give you the data. Um, you know, when I look at her, I think of um, why does it matter? Know. Because he doesn't get, he doesn't care about the data. Probably not, but well. I mean, he's caring about caring about data and information is not uh, something that has held back previous presidential candidates or presidents. I mean, he 
she got him, and I'm sure that was her, got him to backtrack, listen mm-hmm. to the voters mm-hmm. on the immigration thing. But then three days uh, later, he's back to the same shit. Mm-hmm. So she's obviously not very effective. I don't know why she thought, I mean, why does everybody, everybody who gets put on this campaign since Lewandowski got fired mm-hmm. seems to think that they're going to be the one to get Donald Trump to really buckle down and pay attention. And I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, at, at some point, people outside of the campaign should realize that that's this is not going to happen. So mm-hmm. attempting to do that is is futile and really quite stupid. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why they're tying their careers to this. It, I think you're you're overestimating what the effect this will have on their careers is the big thing I'm saying because not there are career campaign managers and career uh, people like James Carville and his wife. Um, what I wanted to Paul Manafort is, is untouchable now. Yeah. Untouchable. Well, but in all fairness, that's Paul Manafort's fault, not yeah. really Donald Trump. You know, it, because the thing is, she she has a resume, and there's success and there's failure in that resume. That's true, but again, like I said, uh, have said before, there is mm-hmm. something very different about Mm -hmm. Donald Trump, where, you know, we say, oh, well, the media is too biased against him and they should be more fair and blah, 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 blah. Okay, but there's something different about Donald Trump. This is not the same thing. The media is being immensely fair to him. Entirely too fair, if you ask me. Well, he dominates the news cycle. I can't turn to the political section of the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal or Washington Post, it's it's 90% Trump. And thank God, because it's saving Hillary Clinton. Yeah, until we <laughs> find out what those other emails say, I bet. There's nothing there. I mean, I'm so sick of this shit. I'm so, I'm so sick of it. There is nothing there. They are not... The woman is not dumb. They are not going to mm-hmm. find some quid pro quo... It's not going to freaking happen. And this idea that she shouldn't work with people who donate to one of the largest NGOs, you know, internationally, even Mm -hmm. though it has her name on it, is is ludicrous. Mm -hmm. That's just that's just stupid. It's stupid. Yes, she could have done things better. But, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. I really get irritated at the fact that she gets zero benefit of the doubt on this whatsoever and the reason Mm -hmm. i feel she is because she is the first woman who is second you don't know what i'm going to (laughs) say the wife of an Mm ex-president running for office or serving as secretary of state i mean Mm -hmm. the fact that the foundation was set up up after after clinton got out of office that's completely, mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing abnormal about that at all. Oh. And like, so what? And she should not have a career at all, and they shouldn't be able to start a foundation. He mm-hmm. shouldn't be able to start a foundation because she's going to run mm-hmm. for office. One of them has mm-hmm. to make a choice. 
that's not the that's not right. I agree with you. But this is not this is also not unique to Hillary Clinton. Um you know, this is the same stuff that gets banded against so many politicians' spouses. I mean, what, you know, once again, I'll go back to this. Well, Clarence Thomas's wife is a communications lobbyist, or was a communications lobbyist, and served as general counsel for Comcast. And any time just a faintest whiff of some sort of FCC regulation or new communications law comes across the Supreme Court, he's corrupt and he's scratching his wife's back and he should recuse himself on anything of that nature. There was something else that had to do with him, though, that was rather a little bit too close to the vest. And I forget what it was. She did, she she was something, she did something other than Comcast, right? There was something else. Well, she uh, there was a case he really should have recused himself on, but he didn't. Maybe I don't know if it amounts to an actual conflict of interest, the way the relationship really was. So to my art, well, well, no, she recused herself on cases she actually worked on. That's a big difference for Sotomayor. She actually had insider knowledge of information, uh, or was it Scalia? Somebody had a financial interest in something that was. Before the court, and I forget who it was or what the. Well, one of the ones I, the last one I saw was the last time affirmative action went up before the court that some of the parties were schools that he had spoken at and done valedictions at, which again I think is pretty tenuous. Yeah, no, that's not what I'm talking about. Um... It's tough to wade through all the chaff because. I mean, conservatives say that anyone with a with ovaries should not preside on an abortion case. Actually, they should be the only ones who preside on an abortion case, but that's just me. Hey, until we reach our Gattaca horror future, you're still going to need men to lead to abortion, too. I understand that, but it doesn't directly affect their bodies, their physical integrity, so I don't feel that I mean I really honestly don't feel that they should have a stay a say I, just because genetic material is involved you're letting that genetic material go and it doesn't affect your physical integrity it affects the woman's physical integrity so fine I guess men can have a say but women should absolutely have much more of a say than men and right now that's not <laughs> what's happening yeah I don't want to go men's rights activist on this topic, but... No, I'll yeah. just go all Fourth Amendment <laughs> activist on this. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. <laughs> Gasp. You swore. No, but that's true. But that's, that, that's absolutely true. No, that true. is true. Since but... it affects my bodily integrity, it, it, you know, it, it, it impedes on my mm-hmm. constitutional right to bodily integrity. Mm-hmm. So... You know, for me, and I'll just, we'll leave it at this, because we'll have this discussion another day, but I see the same arguments from women's groups on why men should be forced to pay child support for uh, for an oopsie baby of it's their responsibility, they should have decided not to have sex, that comes from the anti-abortion side. And I find that problematic, because it also attacks men's property rights and their rights to be secure in their own finances. And let's be honest, 
that one's actually in the Constitution. That's an enumerated right. That's not an unenumerated right. Bodily integrity is not an is an enumerated right. I would argue. Absolutely. Where you've been reading too much of the Warren decisions. No, I think it would fall under. Um, uh, what's the wording I want? I was looking up something else. Fifth Amendment. Uh, That's you. Fifth and fourth combined is usually how uh, how we get to a right to privacy and a right to travel. Secure in their persons. Mm-hmm. Persons and possessions, yeah. Persons and possessions. So at the very least, they're co-equal rights, if you're going to go that route. Yes. And that's always the fun thing about constitutional jurisprudence, of what do you do when we have co-equal rights? Because the First Amendment... You know, separate. But you're you're states. you're saying co-equal rights as if we're talking about the same thing. We're talking about different things. We're talking about whether or not a woman should be able to make a man pay child support. That's one issue over mm-hmm. here. And then the other issue is whether or not a woman should be able to have a choice to terminate a pregnancy over here. Yes, I understand so, that those are two different but things. But when you say co-equal rights, you make it sound mm-hmm. like we are talking about conflicting rights over the same issue, and we're not. It, it's just there are a lot of states that also lag behind when it comes to child support, and that kind of pisses me off. I've had to talk with quite a few friends who have been really frustrated with the way custody and support still gets divvied up. And, oh, I think men get completely screwed in a lot of situations. Yeah, I, I, I most certainly think that's true. I'm not but, one of those people, yeah. but I mean to say that just because I'm you know, for women's right to choose means that I'm also trying to bleed men for every cent they have is. <clears throat> hey, and, don't put words in my mouth. I won't, you don't, don't force me to carry these words to term either. Well, no, but I mean, you, you, you equated my pro choice stance to a stance that I actually don't share. Hmm. Correct. I I, uh, I equated I equated uh, oh, the oh, oh, pro life. No, it kind of sounded stance. like you were equating. Julia, you are a wonderful, smart, and even-headed person. I was saying that I see a lot of pro-life advocates who state that a man's responsibility to pay for the child, along the same lines of logic as conservatives saying a woman should carry the fetus to term. Because they made the choice to have sex. That's all I said. Oh. That's what I said. Is it, I get very angry when an opposing side uses the same logic to prove a point. That's all. Fair point. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and again, that's how my mind works, because I'm a trial attorney. I look for that crap. I live for that crap. I'm not a trial attorney. It keeps wife beaters on the street when I can find that hypocrisy. I'm a tired attorney, I can tell you that. I'm a tired trial attorney. I, God, I 
I think I spent a grand total of two hours in the office last week. Thank God I have a partner. Do you know what I am? I learned this the other day when I mm-hmm. actually thought about it. I'm a writer. Mm-hmm. I'm a lawyer, but all I do is write. Mm-hmm. So I'm a writer. For all the time I go to court, I, I write more letters than I do pleadings, I'll be honest with that. Well, I mean, but all I do is write arguments. That's That's literally... Mm-hmm. All I do is write arguments. Yeah. I don't ever go to court. I rarely do hearings. Would is there a is there a VA hearing center near you where you could even do a video hearing? Yeah, I can do them in Nashville. It's just that, and I have like four hearings that I need to get done. They just haven't scheduled them for me yet. Because you know how they are. Well, they get the stuff course. done whenever they feel like it. Well, well, you know, just. With any luck, uh, Trevor Noah is going to do another sting for The Daily Show, and they'll get embarrassed enough to move the timetable up another minute. Well, okay. See, now they have decided that they needed to decide claims faster. This has not actually turned out to be a good thing. This is Oh, yeah. Faster is not always good. No, this, is, this has actually made the process worse because the, mm-hmm. the decisions we're getting back are... Um, uh, extremely brief. Um, uh-huh. Most of the time based on simply one exam when obviously mm-hmm. it needs to be based on the whole file. Um, grossly incorrect and there's usually mm-hmm. not enough of an explanation. Here's what makes mm-hmm. it hard. When they give me an explanation for why they've decided something, then I can argue directly against their explanation and say, no, this mm-hmm. is wrong because of X, Y, and Z. But when mm-hmm. I get three sentences, mm-hmm. it's actually kind of hard to formulate an argument against that mm-hmm. because I don't even know why you made that, that choice. So mm-hmm. their, <laughs> their whole... Can I tell you some bad news? Huh? Most judges are like that. In fact, a lot of the judges that I pay tax to support are like that. Well, no, but I'm not even talking about judges. I'm talking about the VA. The, VA's right, the, the hearing off hearing officers. Sorry. Oh, 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 oh. The, the Michigan Secretary of State hearing officers oh. are awful. Well, the board hearings. Here's the thing about board decisions that's funny. Yeah. The longer a board decision is, the more flawed it usually is. It means mm-hmm. that they've taken way too long to try to explain away mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. that they really shouldn't have explained away. Mm-hmm. So those are just nonsensical. I'm talking about like at the VA level. And so what ends up happening when we're talking about at the VA level, um, when I get a bad decision, uh, because they're trying to kick this stuff out so fast, Mm -hmm. then you end up having to appeal to the board instead Mm -hmm. of being able to resolve it at the VA level, which means it's going to take longer. It's going to, it's going to automatically take longer. So their whole, we're going to mm-hmm. make decisions faster, you know, to get these appeals out by just doing a really crappy job is making, is going to actually make things take longer overall than they took yeah. before. Cause it, well, and it's going to overburden the BVA as well. And probably the court of appeals for DC as well. Oh my God. The court of appeals is very overburdened. Yes, actually. Yeah. 
Well, because that's already where most uh, patent, copyright, and trademark disputes go, and that's the next step up we from have, the BVA. Well, no, we have our own court, Court of Appeals for Veterans Claims. Mm-hmm. So, no, but, we have our own court, just our own court. It doesn't go to D.C. Circuit after that? It can go to Federal Circuit, but most of the time it okay. does not. Okay. Most of the time these things are decided at the Court of Appeals for Veterans Claims. And we have a mandated automatic... Uh, mediation process prior to anything going to briefs. So usually they, you know, try to resolve whatever beforehand, but. I'm so glad I do a mix of business and criminal. I, next time you come up to town, I want to show you how skinny my criminal files are and you will break down and weep. Oh, I don't have physical files for my clients. I, I, I work on Well, that. you couldn't. You couldn't. Well, yeah, because some of them are like, you know, three gigs of PDFs. God, the, the last it's one I did physically before I got out of veterans, it was like six banker boxes they gave me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. I just had a... I didn't blow out the suspension on my truck. I just had a record before the agency, before the court, uh, that was like 8,000 pages. Today's episode of bitching about the thing you worked seven years of your life to get. Do you know what really sucks about that, too, is that, like, Mm. if it was a claim I didn't know, like, that would be some really good billing time, right? Because Mm -hmm. I'd have to go through this entire file. Mm. The problem is I've worked on this dude's claim for um, over two years now. So I know... 99% 99% already of what's in there. Mm-hmm. So I can't reasonably bill for the time to search through the entire RBA. So I was like really bummed because like when you get a really long RBA, you're kind of like, ooh, sweet. Your views on reasonable billing are too generous. Um, I don't, if I know already, you know, if I've, looked at this dude's file like multiple times and written multiple mm-hmm. arguments over the last two and a half years. Mm-hmm. I, I cannot ethically and reasonably say that I need to go through the entire 8,000 pages and bill, you know, uh, you know, three minutes or three pages a minute. I can't do that. There's no way. You, you need to start billing for those 36 hour days that they get in Colorado. What? <clears throat> Just saying. Oh yeah, just that that was the that was big news last year. There was an attorney in Colorado. He was because he rounded up phone time and stuff to 6 minutes. He had billed some 30 and 36 hour days with clients. Uh I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. I wouldn't feel good about myself if I did something I would like be that. able to sleep at night on my king-sized eagle down stuffed Chinese silk-covered bed. But what... And it would still stink because the dog would sleep in there. <sighs> isn't, it, isn't it also the fact that maybe I just don't feel like I want to take the time and go through everything when I know I've already mm-hmm. gone through everything and I know everything that's in there? That's cool. Do you know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. The, I mean, the argument before the board was my argument that this mm-hmm. board decision was based on. So the board errors directly relate to my argument. So mm-hmm. I, I, it, it would be unreasonable to then decide I need to 
I'm not saying I didn't review the file. I'm just saying it's not the same as when I get a new file on a case I've never worked on. And I obviously have to go through everything so I can, you know, see what, what's going on, what's been the procedural history, you know, you know, that, that obviously I, I could not ethically bill to, figure out the procedural history of a claim that I've been part of the procedural mm-hmm. history for, for two years. Mm-hmm. I mean, that just sounds wrong. It's just wrong. <laughs> well, and it just, I'll say this. Um, not a week passes by that a client asks me, I, I kid you not. What do you mean you bill for phone calls? And I said, anytime I spend discussing with a client about their case or just with the client, I have an open case with, is billable time. Yeah. So if you call me 10 times during the week and all you want to know is how's the weather, I'm billing you for that. (laughs) Sorry. Just, we both work very different ends of the legal spectrum. No. I I like hearing you talk. We had an attorney. uh, I mean, I... So you're making it sound as if I'm shortchanging myself, but I'm No, I'm, you're not. I'm not. I'm just talking about like cut. one particular situation where, you know, it's not necessary for me to but I am ridiculously thorough and yes, obviously I bill for that. Mm-hmm. But that's why I haven't lost a case at the court yet. I've gotten a remand on every single case I've had. Sweet. I am yeah. I'm winning. Tiger's blood, baby. Tiger's blood. (laughs) I mean, that's either because I'm really, really good or because the Board of Veterans' Appeals is just that bad. Well, And my boss is also very good at vetting cases. I do not want to short sell you or your boss, but their error rate is almost 70%. Yeah, I know. I know, but I just like to think that I'm that good. So don't don't ruin it for me, okay? I will... I will not discount because I, I I did it and I did it for a year in private practice, which is why I don't do it anymore. Of the amount of work that you need to do just to figure out if someone has an appealable issue is immense. I know it's it's, uh... <sighs> but we remember what my rank was, right? So I'm just that smart too. You're ranked in what now? Yeah. Oh, when we graduated? Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm not going to talk about mine because I don't want people to think less of me, but I'll just, you know. No, they again, can think I, more of me, though. That's, that's fine. fine. You know, I kept my dean's scholarship. I just didn't graduate with honors. That's it's fine by me. But, no, it, you know, I tell, I it, it's funny. I was going into um to the Macomb County Circuit Court to get something taken care of this week. Yeah. And a guy parked out front, stopped me and said, sir, are you an attorney? I said, yes, an attorney who only has an hour and a half on the meter, so make this quick. But he said, "Uh, just could you talk to my son about what it's like to be an attorney? And I looked at him and I said, you want to go to law school? He said, yeah, don't. Yeah, pretty much. And he said, why? I said, look. I'm doing a lot better than most of the people I graduated with. And I went to a small private law school in the Midwest. So 
unless you can network the hell out of yourself or graduate from Harvard, you're not going to, your chances of success are kind of small. Yeah. That's why, that's why I remind myself that I'm, I'm lucky every day Mm -hmm. as much as sometimes I don't want to be doing what I'm doing. I'm very lucky. Yeah. And you know, for me, and I'm not going to lie, some of the people we graduated with have expressed bitterness towards me. Yeah. I'm still in the area. I still have to talk to those assholes. Oh, my God. Okay, so remember how you wanted to talk before about stupid laws? Mm-hmm. I'm going to kill my dog. Oh, sure, you can kill her, but someone who wants your teeth can't. She's my property. <laughs> <laughs> can you be quiet? Not everybody wants to hear you, Ahsoka. Oh, you just reminded me. So um, we had to take Pebbles because she had uh, a uh, infected rash on the back of her neck from all the humidity and stuff mm-hmm. before we got the air conditioner installed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's the same vet we usually go to, but we said, look, she's really sensitive um, she might nip at you or snap. And the, the doctor, without skipping a beat, said, oh, so we might have to get her a party hat, which is what they call muzzles in that office. Uh, <laughs> mm. I thought that was so cute. I gave Ahsoka some uh, Benadryl last night because the mm-hmm. bottom of her paws is like a little pink. It's not mm-hmm. raw. It's not mm-hmm. um, like the skin isn't broken. But it's mm-hmm. it's a little pink, and I think she might have. There's two. There's I gotta take her to the vet. But there's two mm-hmm. options here. It's either allergies, which is quite possible with her, um, to something and in the ground. Are, I bet it's a yeast infection. Uh, Ours gets them because of her webbed feet all the time. Uh, no, it's not in that area. It's like oh. it's right behind the, you know, where the the um, the base foot pad is. It's that skin behind the base foot pad just before mm-hmm. they hit the joint. Mm-hmm. That's where it's red. But there's also, like, chigger bugs that are in our okay. graft here. And my mm-hmm. leg is still evidence, and this is from two weeks ago, of them. They're bad. So you step on the grass, oh. and they spread everywhere, and they get on you, and they bite you. And so mm-hmm. I, I think she just – it's either bug bites or it's um, – yeah. irritation from allergies. But when she comes in a lot of times from being outside, she's been sniffing around a lot. Like if there's dirt on her nose, she sneezes for like 10 or 15 minutes. So I think she does have allergies. I will give you a hot tip um, just because I know you live in a much hotter climate than I do. Uh, things have been so much better for pebbles since we uh, started using antifungal and antibacterial um Shampoo for her. Oh, she's got this nice lavender stuff that makes her smell really good. Yeah, you know, it, it, we we used the hippie shampoo and she kept getting basically puppy athlete's foot. So maybe this is puppy athlete's foot. I don't know. I should send you a picture and you can tell me. Yeah, uh, absolutely. With all of my years of veterinary medicine experience. Yeah, I'm gonna wait to take her to the vet until my husband gets home. She's, I mean, she's not like looking at it. She's not doesn't seem irritated by it and I don't mind giving her Benadryl because then she chills the hell out. But I felt so bad for her because with the infected rash, because she was scratching so much, she spread it to her muzzle. 
Oh. So she she looked yeah, like Rocky at the end of Rocky Two for a little we while. We don't have anything like that. She did have mange when she was a puppy, though. Uh, but that was not that long after she had parvo, so her immune system was pretty. Here's mm-hmm. the, here's what I learned about mange, and this is so gross, by the way. It's not that scary for one. It's gross, but it's gross. Well, she didn't have it very bad because the minute I saw a spot that wasn't going away, I, you know, I took her to the vet and put her on medication for it. But um, all of all puppies, all puppies have mange mites on them. It the mm-hmm. the, the difference is some puppies will not get an infection from it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it depends on how good their immune system is, and because she had just had parvo, and it basically, you know kind of decimated her for a little while. Um, mm-hmm. The mange mites made a little, there was a spot on her leg and there was a spot on her face. So mm-hmm. we just took her to the vet and got her medicine. Yeah. Well, we're probably boring people because we're sitting here talking mm-hmm. about our dogs. Let's talk about stupid laws because I learned something yeah. really just, mm-hmm. okay. So alcohol okay. laws in Tennessee are, are, just awesome. the dumbest I shit. I love Southern blue laws. Go for those. Okay, so July 1st was the first time that you could actually buy wine in a grocery store here. Of this year. Well, it just, you know, backing up, I'm going to assume that Tennessee is not a big wine-drinking region. That's my prejudice, but proceed. Like, in- and no, it wasn't because of that. It was because they felt the alcohol content in wine was too high. It was more similar to liquor. But they had three separate licenses, which is mm-hmm. weird. I've mm-hmm. never lived in a state where that was the case. Beer is a separate license from wine. Mm-hmm. It's a separate mm-hmm. license mm-hmm. from liquor. Mm-hmm. You know, most of the places I've lived, beer and wine were together as a license, and liquor was well- a separate license. That's becoming more and more common because, especially as you get um, – you know, your license to be a winery, you know, you can do your tasting room. You can't serve spirits or beer. So that's that's true in part in Michigan, too. Like a microbrewery, like Big Buck there up in Auburn Hills, they were licensed to sell the beer that they brew long before the full bar opened up. Well, we see how well that did for Big Buck, didn't we? Uh, the, you know the best thing about Big Buck? I heard that there's something going in there now. Okay. But that thing's yeah. sat vacant for yeah. fifteen years. Well, when when the whole it was part of the, the divorce dispute. Ruling, yeah, it, it's a screwed up place. The one that bums me out is that Copper Canyon and Southfield closed down because they had one of they were one of the few bar restaurant breweries that had a cigar lounge that was very nice. Okay, but back to the original point. So. <laughs> The idea was that, you know, like we're all Bible belty and, you know, wine is just too much of an alcohol content, you know, mm-hmm. so we don't we, we don't want to encourage it by selling it in grocery stores and stuff like that. We want to sell it in liquor stores. Well, do they sell like high volume IPAs and stuff, though? Like no, 11, 11 beers no, no, because it's it's based off of a, a percentage. It's based on oh, okay. a percentage. So, but then here's, so here's what happened. So they changed the law. So now mm-hmm. you can sell wine in grocery stores, mm-hmm. um, but you can't buy wine on Sundays, but you can okay. buy beer on Sundays. So you can. For football, I guess. Okay. So you can't buy wine on Sundays. You can't buy liquor on Sundays mm-hmm. at all. 
Oh, God, I run out of liquor. I buy a lot of liquor on Sundays. That's usually my okay. liquor store day. Now, this all makes sense when you think, okay, super religious community, Bible belty, yada, yada, yada. But you can also, as a passenger, drink whatever the hell you want in a <gasps> moving vehicle. Yes. As long as you're not Finally a driver. A oh, God, I and love wait, it. Wait, 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 even get this. You can drink... If you're driving, as long as you stay under the legal limit. Yes. Okay. So I am moving to Tennessee because they enjoy but freedom. That's not my, just, just think about how contradictory mm-hmm. this shit is. It's, mm-hmm. it's really... I, I'm a drunkard because I prefer wine and somehow I'm just like less religious, but it's okay if you're throwing beer through the thing in the back of your pickup. That makes you less of a drunkard. I mean, I just don't, it, 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 it doesn't make any sense. When I first heard that, because here's what happened. So I went to <laughs> this, like, there's a moonshine distillery in Kentucky that's mm-hmm. not that far from us. And they no. do these, like, Friday night, like, and they have bands, come, this band come and they play, you know, whatever country music. And mm-hmm. like you, there's this big field and so people come and they, you know, set up chairs and all this stuff and you can buy, you know, growlers of beer and it's like there, cause we have a really good brewery in uh, Clarksville called Black Horse mm-hmm. and their, their beer is great. So you can buy a growler of beer. Obviously I wasn't drinking moonshine. Um, <clears throat> so anyway. Were you sipping on the growler on your way home? No, no. You should have been. No. You- if you don't exercise your rights, you lose them, Julia. <laughs> no, but so it started raining and we needed to leave and we had half a growler left. And I was like, well, I guess we got to throw this out. And uh, my husband's boss like looked at me and he goes, what are you talking about? And I was like, that's open intox. And he's like, not in Tennessee, it isn't. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, no, you could totally drink that. Well, mm-hmm. you're driving home and you'd be fine. And I was like, yeah. I, I didn't believe him. So I, I, I checked when I got home and I was like, oh, my God, you've got to be kidding me. Mm-hmm. This is no, it, ridiculous. I, that's interesting to me. I know Montana and Wyoming are the same way as well. But the thing is, in Montana or Wyoming, all you're going to do is hit a cow. Uh, so, OK, if you're driving in Alaska, Connecticut, Delaware, Missouri, Mississippi, Rhode Island, Tennessee, and Virginia, it is not illegal for passengers to drink freely from open containers of alcohol. Hmm? In Mississippi, oh, I'm sorry, it's not Tennessee where you can do that. In Mississippi, the driver is also free to drink as long as the driver's BAC remains below 0.8%. Mm-hmm. In Arkansas and West Virginia, a passenger can possess an open container but cannot drink while in the motor vehicle or on public highways. This this is the great (sighs) legacy of the 18th Amendment because just it it says it right there that the federal government may not enact prohibition laws, but it specifically and I think egregiously exempts the states from all sorts of challenges for their own blue laws. Oh, they are trying to change this, though. Here's an article from 2015 where they're trying to, uh, it's called a, uh, 
it, it's probably something like Assembly Bill 1523, something sexy like that. No, I, this is good to know because I'm planning a trip to Bourbon County, and uh, I might come pay you a visit. Isn't that so Kentucky? I can, that is, but well, straight shot down 75. I know, but I'm I not, still want to okay, see. Yeah, yeah, no, you're more than welcome to come. <laughs> I'm just saying I don't know the laws in Kentucky, so be careful. Well, no, the, the, and I'm sure this is apocryphal. I haven't done a lot of research, but I've heard that Bourbon County is a dry county. Yeah, it probably is. A lot of counties in Kentucky are. But no, I just I like this idea that once I hit the Tennessee border, I can start cracking open those bottles as long as I stay below .08. It's good to know. I, I'll, I'll get some Coca Cola. Just yeah, yeah. So apparently, this has become a huge problem because mm-hmm. they're still charging drivers, even though it's technically legal, mm-hmm. for the passengers to drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. If the driver has had anything to drink whatsoever then they're just assuming the driver is also drinking and charging them. So that's why they're mm-hmm. trying to change it. Well, you know, police officers aren't the greatest at knowing what the law actually is, and especially when it comes to civil fines, you get this whole prove yourself innocent. Do you know what my favorite ticket in Michigan is, by the way? What? Um, it is impeding traffic or failure to stop at a stop sign for people who stop ahead of a crosswalk. That is not a civil infraction in Michigan. The only way it is a civil infraction is if you cross a painted line. So I get I deal with all of these people who do their stop, particularly on residential crossways that aren't painted. They get these tickets and they're not tickets. There's nothing there's nothing part of our traffic enforcement code that makes that a ticketable offense. But the police issue tickets for it all the time because, one, most people are going to pay it even if they did nothing wrong. And two, they don't know what the law is. (sighs) So my turn for show and tell, since we're talking about controlled substances, in the state of Michigan, and there are many states like this, you have to get because we have a smoking ban, a special business license to work as a hookah lounge or a cigar lounge. Yes. And there's all, oh, God, they're they're still trying to put this one in, and I stand so far against it that um, there's an exemption from licensure if you are a tobacconist that deals primarily in cigars. So you don't need to be licensed as a lounge if you're like, you know, JR Cigars or Wild Bills or someplace like that. Right. Well, the problem is there are a lot of places that are, and it's only, by the way, hookahs and cigars. I tried to light my pipe up in Churchill's in in Birmingham. Yes. And they told me I could not smoke that in there. But you can smoke cigarettes in Churchill's. Yes, exactly. You can do cigars and cigarettes in Churchill's, but I could buy a pipe at Churchill's and not smoke it there. I love that. I think the smoking bans are ridiculous anyway. I, yeah. I, I, in Tennessee, is, uh, you know, most, I, I don't know actually what the law is. I've never looked it up, but most places are non smoking, but mm-hmm. there are bars that are smoking. Mm-hmm. There are, they just, you know, 
apparently you can have a preference for it as a business owner, as you should be able to. Yeah. What is it? Was it Hawaii who just passed? Uh, 21. Oh. And California has now, too, I thought. I don't know if California did it. I know it's been proposed, but... No, I thought Hawaii was that it's also a crime to be smoking in a car with children now. Oh, probably. I don't know. I don't have kids, so I wouldn't have... And There are it... entire streets in Waikiki where it's illegal to smoke, mm-hmm. though. Yep, 100% entitled to your own views about things, but the science on secondhand smoke is kind of crap. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Though, I do not allow my dog to come out when I smoke. I mean, if I'm on the back porch, that's fine, but if I go Mm -hmm. in the garage, I don't let her come out. Because she doesn't need to be... Are you afraid she's going to pick up the habit that (laughs) she's going to learn it from you? All of a sudden, you're going to see her out there with a cigarette in her mouth. No, but I mean, I think, I think, uh, she, you know, especially when she was still growing, you know, and her mm-hmm. lungs are still developing, it could have damaged mm-hmm. them. Yeah, I do think that's true. I don't think you should smoke in a car with kids, period, anyway. I don't think that's an altogether unreasonable law. Because well, if you... it's true, okay, do I think my secondhand smoke is going to kill my husband if I'm smoking in mm-hmm. the car with him in the car? No. Mm-hmm. Do I think the same can be said for somebody whose body is still growing, developing, and their lungs are still developing? Uh, mm-hmm. That I that I am pretty sure is going to be a different question. You know, and here's my thing. I'm a bad smoker because I support certain elements of smoking bans. Such as? Smoking bans in family restaurants. Oh, yeah. And public venues like concerts and things like that. Like, God, it. I remember, you know, coming back from concerts in high school and college and just how much I reeked of tobacco smoke and pot smoke. I think there's. Actually, be a, a lot of the concert I went to, methamphetamine smoke. Uh, are you talking indoor concerts or outdoor concerts? Indoor concerts, so like Kobo, places like that. Yeah, but I also think that what they should do is have, uh, you know, a, a, a door, and I've seen this at State Theater. They have a door that goes outside after you've already been ticketed and come in that um, has, you mm-hmm. know, like a, a patio area where you can go yeah. smoke. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, the 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 symphony and the opera, it you can go out and have quick smoke. It it I love watching, you know, a a man in a tuxedo light up a Newport. Oh, intermission at the opera, it's great. I feel like there should be smoking flights. Well, there should be for another reason. It when you we allowed smoking on airlines, the air quality was better. So now they have to recirculate the air less, and that's why air travel is so likely to get you sick. Uh, I also think um, that all all airports, considering now how early you have to go to make it through security at some of these airports, they mm-hmm. should all have an available smoking area. I mean, they just You're- should. 
back to your point, there's another problem that I have. I'm a I, I have a pre-flight cocktail ritual, and that's not a problem in Detroit. You know, the bars are open 24 hours a day. Do the does the airport lounge have to obey the blue laws in Tennessee? That I don't know. Not that I fly through Nashville a lot. I mean, most of my connections are through Charlotte and Atlanta, but damn. But no, it and the again, I'm I'm conflicted about government regulation as it is. You you know that about me. I think I wear that on my sleeve because it it's not about making people safer. It just leads to people having to pay more money to do what they used to be able to do. Ah, uh, yes. Um, and especially around me, it was, you know, the number of hookah lounges that have sprung up in the last 15 years is huge. Well, I don't know if that's countrywide. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, there's one hookah lounge in Clarksville, which Mm -hmm. I wouldn't even really call a hookah lounge. It's like a weird bar. Mm -hmm. I mean, coming from Michigan where like, you know, there are actual... If we rebranded them to Freedom Lounges, do you think they'd be okay with it? We just got to get get away from all of the Middle Eastern-y sounding stuff? Uh, I don't know. No, it's just, it's, it's, it's you know, the, 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 the food is not good. It has this really oh, cheap the lounge. bar atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And they're, they have black light and a bunch of black mm-hmm. light posters. So it's, it's more like, mm-hmm. uh, it's not like, you know, the nicer places that you go in like Michigan and you can yeah. get really good food and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. that's the only place, you know. Oh God, the hookah lounges in Dearborn. It, if they had cots, I would just live there. Yeah. <laughs> Donald Especially- Trump. More and more of them getting full bars, an important thing for me. Donald Trump has regained regained some ground on Clinton, according to 538. Mm -hmm. That's not good. It was bound to happen. Um, And again, those polling numbers need to be taken with a grain of salt, because in particular, anywhere he goes on the stump that she hasn't been yet, he's going to get an uptick. You know, it, it's not like they're going to be in every state on the same day or in the same week. Like, they were both in Detroit on the same day. I'm surprised the world didn't explode. I was so... I, I have never been happier to have moved my office out of Detroit than when there were two presidential candidates campaigning in Detroit on the same day. I would have had to sleep... I would have slept in my old office. I would have been... Because, God, it... President Obama has been a fine president. He's a smart man and a wonderful person. But goddamn, does his motorcade not completely screw up traffic? Do you know what? I don't even want to hear that. I don't even want to. No, 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 no. You you do not even get to complain about that. Yes, I do. No, because you I don't. Get to sit on no, you don't. Because Hawaii has two. Oahu has two freeways. That's pretty uh-huh. much the only way you can get anywhere. He is there. Free. Nah, for a month, every December, it is, oh. it is, it is the most horrible, 
horrible. It's it's like having the and I don't mean like you know how Dream Cruise is like three months now and it used to be, you know, a week a weekend. Uh, it is like the the peak days of Dream Cruise, the actual Dream Cruise days, like for a month. Mm-hmm. Every December, it was horrible. So no, I don't want to hear it because him being there for like two or three days for you is not anything compared to what it's like living in Hawaii when he would be there every Christmas. So basically what you're saying is that you have more negative things to say about Obama than I do. Uh, (laughs) Our wedding almost had to be changed because of him. You still voted for the guy though. You. Yeah, you know, he went into the restaurant my husband was at uh, the night before we got married. Oh, God. You know, I'm trying to think because he just did that his visit to Vietnam, too. Like, what horrible things had to happen to those poor people uh, in Saigon? No, so... <laughs> poor people. So, here's what happened. So, they went to Morimoto's, who's, you know, a very mm-hmm. famous chef, the yeah. night before we got married, him and his dad and his you know, two uh, groomsmen and me and my mom and my bridesmaids went to this different uh, fish restaurant, which is a great restaurant. Mm -hmm. So Obama decides he wants to go to dinner at Morimoto's. Mm -hmm. And not for nothing. If I were there, I would. Chef Morimoto is an amazing Japanese chef. Well, and that's fabulous, except that, so, the funny conversation. So, our friend Mitchell does not ever really leave the house without um, an absurd amount of knives squirreled away upon his person in some way, shape, or form. So, I get this... Does he have butt knives? Probably. So, I get this <laughs> phone call from John, and he's mm-hmm. like, you're not going to believe who just got here. And I was like, what? He's like, Obama. And I was like, okay, you're going to get an expletive. I was like, I f***ing hate you so much right now. Because mm-hmm. I was jealous. I was super, super duper jealous. And he's like, oh, we saw him for like three seconds. So everybody else at the mm-hmm. table is like, you know, like, what are you talking about? What's going on? I was like, Obama's at Morimoto's. And then Chloe mm-hmm. goes, and I, he said, and John goes, well, the Secret Service, you know, came in and searched everybody beforehand. And I have him on speakerphone, and Chloe, who is Mitchell's husband, goes, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> did, did he give him all the knives? Yeah. Well, okay. that, that, brings me, that brings me to another question. Like, if Obama does a drop-in on some restaurant in Vermont, are they going to take away everyone's pistol? Yes. Yeah. Is there any other lawful behavior that the president can keep people from doing? While he's present at the restaurant, yes, they have. They can. It's not like they confiscate it and don't give it back to you. I know it's your property. They'll give it back to you, but no, they can't have the president walk through a restaurant with, you know, a bunch of armed people that could possibly shoot him. No, that would be pretty stupid. Yeah, there was that car trip JFK took in the. 60s. Yeah, I mean, that would just be dumb. Just saying, that would be very dumb. So, yeah, and then apparently one of our other friends got really drunk and was hitting on a red-headed Secret Service agent. 
Which did not cool. go well for him. Did he learn some of the arm holds that oh, they used? No, it wasn't. It didn't get that serious, but because you know, it my my anecdote is I when I was living in New York, I saw two drunk. I think they were they were either Swedish or Finnish. I'm not sure. They were very blonde and spoke with a Scandinavian accent. Scandinavian. They, they desperately, desperately wanted to get a picture with an NYPD cop, like. As if they were taking a picture with an English beef eater, like it was someone who was used to it. Yeah. The, the NYPD officer once said no. They persisted, so both of them ended up in reverse arm holds on the ground. Nice. And I'm like, well, considering what other things the NYPD has done, you got off easy. Well, yeah. So, And Obama started a fight between us the night before we got married, too. Oh, what a great way to start your relationship. Well, we had to be up really early in the morning. We both agreed that we were going to be back by a certain time that was relatively early. And oh, God, did you do your bachelor and bachelorette the night before? Yeah. Oh, my we had God. A very, it was not, okay, first of all, we were planning a wedding in Hawaii where 90% mm-hmm. of the people could not fly to Hawaii to do this. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to have another ceremony in Michigan, but that just never happened and people stopped asking about it and so we're just going to let that go you're Um, you're describing the crap that we gave up on too i'm not gonna right so i mean we didn't really have a bachelor but i mean neither of us really wanted that anyway you know we just went out to dinner with you know our Mm -hmm. side of whatever our gender and that was it but they ended up my wife and i did so late from morimoto's and he was so drunk and i just lost my shit which mm-hmm. was not entirely fair because part of the reason that he was late was because Obama. Actually, the majority of the reason he was late was because Obama. But Obama almost caused you not to marry John. No, that's and another voted- reason because we got married on Wheeler Army Airfield, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's where Air Force One was. And they all <laughs> of a sudden decided they wanted to change their plan of when they were going to leave. And so when they fly out, they shut down the gate. Mm-hmm. And so, like... We almost. You know, the least he could have done was send you a blender. I I know. (laughs) He could have just. But we do have a we do have a signed sake bottle by Morimoto because uh, apparently one of our friends went up to the the uh, you know told the waiter well you know he's getting married tomorrow and Obama is like totally jacking up this whole thing right now and so they went and got a signed bottle stealing poor John's thunder that was his (laughs) night and he had to get one up to buy Obama yeah Yeah. (laughs) so I met Hillary Clinton because my husband told me she was going to be in in Hopkinsville because I didn't know she was doing a rally in Hopkinsville when she was there so you came. Did you have your holy water in your Shut up. pocket? I have a, but you have you seen my profile picture? It's terrifying. You're an ass. All right. So, so what happened was I I may be an ass, but I'm not wrong. That's home, a terrifying. He came home for breakfast after PT and in the morning, and he goes, he goes, Hillary Clinton's going to be in Hopkinsville today. You should go. And I I had had no idea. So I went and then I got this picture and I was like super excited about it and all this other stuff. And like, and he goes, okay, so am I finally forgiven for Obama now? And I was like, okay, yes. No, if I were married, my response would have been, (laughs) do you think the children of Pakistan could forgive him? 
Wow. You, why you got to ruin what's like a funny relationship story? What I do. But no, that's awesome. The the president crashed your husband's bachelor party. He did. But I mean, I mean, they go in the back. I mean, it was him and Michelle mm-hmm. without the kids. And, but, you know, it's not like they sit in the main restaurant with everybody else. Like they were, you know, taken to the back. So he literally saw him for three seconds, you know, walking There's through the restaurant. There's here where it turns into like a hangover moment where Obama is drinking sake bombs and Asahi's with your husband and his boys and then ends up walking you down the aisle at the end. Wow. Hold on, I'm going to write this one up. I might actually sell this script. This would have been awkward considering how his father feels about Obama if my husband had expressed any... um, Honey, it was your wedding. How would you have felt to have Barack Obama walk you down the aisle? Regardless of my feelings about Obama, I would have been ecstatic if he could have walked me down the aisle. Um, I feel like my father-in-law wouldn't have shown up. Do they listen to this? I, hell if I know. Would it have been a loss? Um, they read Breitbart. I'm just going to leave it at mm-hmm. that. Breitbart's gotten a lot less crazy since they lost Chief Wahoo there. no. You know what? It's not that their reporting is necessarily incorrect. It's very slanted in the way it's written. It, it's their headlines that are just grossly skewed. It, oh, God. Poor I can't Bright believe Bart they're called Buzz journalists. Feet. They're not yeah. journalists. There's nothing in the First Amendment that talks about what a journalist is. I don't think we have journalists anymore, to be honest with you. I, and again, we had this conversation. I don't think we ever did. Oh, I. But just to kind of put a cap on that. So my my wife and I, we had again on the same night. My bachelor party, her bachelorette party, were a week before, <laughs> specifically the weekend before we got married on a Wednesday. And I went to the cigar lounge, and I think we had dinner at Fishbones. It gets kind of hazy after the cigar lounge. Uh, <laughs> and Andrea and her girlfriend, they basically did a pub crawl through Ferndale, which sounded really fun, too. I bet it was. And uh, no presidential gate crashing. And uh, <sighs> we both went home and slept in the same bed with each other, which is more than I can say for a lot of married couples I know. Y- yes. I'm not casting aspersions on you and John. I'm just saying, I've been to some bachelor parties where, you know, Tom Hanks' bachelor party happens. Uh, what does that mean? You never saw a bachelor party? No. Uh, just d- d- donkeys and hookers and crap like See, that. I don't ever have any interest in seeing anything like that. I just think that sounds... Well, it's just a raunchy 80s comedy. That just sounds silly. It was uh, Bosom Buddies era Tom Hanks there. Remember when he used to be a comedic actor? I like Tom Hanks. I do, but I kind of miss him being funny. Like, the last time I think he was genuinely funny was Catch Me If You Can. His son is amazing. I I like Colin Hanks a lot. I really liked uh, Colin Hanks on Mad Men as kind of the questioning priest. Uh, I saw him on a... Excellent season of uh, Dexter. 
one of the last mm-hmm. excellent seasons of Dexter. Oh, God, with uh, Edward James almost. Yes. Uh, wow. So well, see, this is why they're going to lose. Apparently, Scotty Nell Hughes said that Hillary is the definition of bigotry because she's biased against racists. And and then you've got Corey Lewandowski saying things like, well, he would outreach to black voters, but it's dangerous for him to go where black voters are. Do they, I mean, do they just not, do they not see how I don't, I don't want to go full on. Um, this stuff is, like, do they not realize how insulting they are to people? I don't want to go full on Joan Rivers on this. Scotty Nell Hughes needs to keep the bangs. No, she needs to learn how to blend her damn makeup. No, no, no. Just, she, she's, no she's got I, a bit she, of a five head. She's got she's the got neckline like you wouldn't believe. She's been better lately, but man, when they started putting her on CNN, she had like oh. the, the, the neck makeup line where it wasn't blended into her neck at all. And like that's her not neck her fault. And that's, her face. that's the makeup department. That's not her fault. No, she was, she was, no, because she was not at CNN. Because when she first started being a correspondent on CNN, they would um, bring her in from her, what's it, right scoop or something like that, whatever it is that she runs. Mm -hmm. Um, So she would be doing it, she would be teleconferenced in from there. So she was doing that makeup or she had a terrible makeup person. But I, I don't care who does your makeup. You're responsible if you don't blend. Okay? It, it, I'm just saying. Well, as a woman, you're responsible mm-hmm. if you don't blend. And she did okay. not know how to blend. She, these people are not helping him. These people are not helping him. I agree. How can you say he wants to outreach to black voters, but it's dangerous for him to go there? I mean, do you not understand well, what you're on. saying about the black community? Well, because they're talking hold about on. when he went there to the University more than of Chicago. Few. Right. But those were there not been... black people that were rioting there. Those were white kids. Regardless how many counter-Trump protests have gotten violent. Also, my tax dollars had to go support the Michigan State Police Backing up security, but that in has Cleveland. nothing to do with black people. That's the problem with what Corey Lewandowski said. The University mm-hmm. of Chicago is seventy percent white. Mm-hmm. So to say that that situation is a reason why he can't go to a black community because Corey seems to think that the University of Chicago is mostly black students. Mm-hmm. It, it shows such a fundamental disconnect with that community. That mm-hmm. it, it it that he's he is lucky if he's going to get two percent of that vote. Lucky. Well, I would also say that anyone going to Chicago right now would prudently wear a bulletproof vest, given how the That's summer's fine, going. That's fine, but this was given as a reason why he can't go to black churches, why he can't go mm-hmm. to, to the NAACP, why he can't mm-hmm. go to. I I mean I have yet to see. An ex, you know, a situation where, you know, Black Panthers or BLM has descended upon Donald Trump exclusively. Mm-hmm. So he can't outreach to them because they're too violent towards him. 
I mean, because that's mm-hmm. what Corey is saying. I can't mm-hmm. outreach to them because they're so violent. I mean, that's what he's saying. And does he not think before he speaks? Well, I mean, there might be a reason why he got fired. Well, he's, I'm highly suspect that he's still on that payroll. Do you want to hear some, some really jacked up shit that's been going on with him? Actually, I just wanted to mention real quick, because we talked about, have you watched Can We Take a Joke Yet? No. No, because I have to um, pay for it, so I don't want to right now. It's $4. How poorly is your practice going, madam, that you can't afford to rent a movie? I'm, I'm waiting on about ten grand, but I'm not going to see that for like another six months, so, you know. It's a documentary. The chances of it being on Netflix are slim to none. Yeah. But, um... No, I was just going to no, say... No, Universe... was one I did buy, but now it's on mm-hmm. Netflix, and I was mad, because yep. I was like, well, I just spent 15 bucks on that, so thanks. Oh, don't buy it. Rent it on Amazon. No, I like Noam Chomsky, so I would watch it again, so sure. I would purchase it for that reason. Um... But no, the University of Chicago just issued a letter to the incoming freshmen saying there are no safe spaces, there are no trigger words, Oh, I, there are no free speech zones here at the University of Chicago. And I absolutely agree with that, and you and I both know that I agree with that. So No, I just, I'm, I'm, very I'm happy proud to of see that. that schools are fighting back. And the University of Chicago, I almost went there. Jason almost went there. But, yeah, yeah. Just talk for another day. But, Marquette made a better offer to both of us. But uh, so the, the 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 even with Kellyanne Conway on board, mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. campaign is going down in flames. They have the worst. Yeah. Katrina Pearson. Mm-hmm. I mean, the main spokespeople for this campaign thus far have been Corey Lewandowski, mm-hmm. and I do think he's still on some form of payroll, um, aside from CNN. Um, Scotty Nell Hughes and Katrina Pearson, mm-hmm. all three of them yeah. are, are, are possibly just as, if yeah. not more offensive than Donald Trump. Oh, absolutely. And, and it, it, you knew it coming out of the convention because he, there was no uptick in support for Donald Trump after the convention. And a lot of it, is shouldered on the party. And a big part of the reason why I'm voting for Gary Johnson is the Republican Party is so far off the rails that I encourage people. Again, Gary Johnson has a campaign slogan. If you're voting for Hillary Clinton because she's not Donald Trump or you're voting for Donald Trump because he's not Hillary Clinton, vote for Gary Johnson. He's not either one of them. Yeah. But this it we have reached the lunatic fringe and the inevitable conclusion of the moral majority politics of the late 70s and early 80s it we have a platform that is anti-gay we have a platform that is anti-woman we have a platform that is anti-immigrant we have a platform that speaks against what most of america agrees with and the thing that I found really encouraging uh, this past week was I was reading in the international news, um, 70% of French millennials support deporting Muslims or closing the borders to Muslims. Do you know what percent of American millennials support that? 
15. 30%, but still way better. Oh, yeah, the whole burkini band thing was just <laughs> absurd. I would consider wearing a burkini because I'm pale as shit. And I was going to say, you have that unfortunate Celtic blood in you. Yeah. So that that was oh silly. god just no I want to make a point talk. though I want to make a point though Go on ahead. Trump that that it, I think is 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 important to make so when he started out and he was self funding mm-hmm. he was renting space from his own venues to hold mm-hmm. you know events and rallies and stuff mm-hmm. so well he owned a ton of hotels why would right he? so it was like say that you know the bill was like thirty thousand dollars to rent mar-a-lago for this event right so he paid his campaign paid thirty thousand dollars to himself essentially mm-hmm. to hold an event in mar-a-lago mm-hmm. after the convention and he started fundraising and now that he's not putting his own money in the rent for the same event all of a sudden has shot up to 150 grand. Okay. Do you not find that to be grossly unethical? Is there a code of ethics for presidential candidates? Well, there's election campaign finance law. I feel like there that are. should be a violation of that. I don't know if that gets to pricing, though. There's no justification for an increase. He's enriching himself, obviously. Mm-hmm. Through his campaign, and I mean, I I just feel like that should not be legal. <laughs> if it is legal, it shouldn't be. Yeah, it. I don't have a whole lot of problems with that aspect of it because it. Yeah, one. I'm a licensed lobbyist now. If you didn't know, but a lot of the people who you know, run for office at all levels, you know, if you own a convention center, you're going to host your party there. It's not that he's hosting it at his own place that bugs me. It's that he gave himself a discount? It's that when he was paying for him himself, mm-hmm. it was significantly cheaper than now when other people are footing mm-hmm. the bill. Um and there's no real difference in, I mean, there's no difference in the, I got a question what he's for getting him, and for I just, it. Do you think in 2000, Al Gore and George W. Bush used campaign finance money to put gas in their jets that they both privately owned? In their what? Jets. They both own jets. 727s, I think? Yeah. I just... Paying yourself to use facilities that you own. That's what I'm saying. It's not the paying himself to use facilities that he owns. It's mm-hmm. the grossly disproportionate increase in the cost of rent mm-hmm. to rent these things now that mm-hmm. he's getting money coming in that mm-hmm. makes it patently obvious that he's trying to enrich himself with this mm-hmm. campaign. Did you read the New York Times article about how he ran his casinos? <laughs> this seems par for the course for me. I don't think Donald Trump and his legal team have found uh, an edge to make more money or minimize loss that they haven't loved. 
I'm going to have to yeah. put you on pause for just a second. Okay. Or you can keep talking and I can put you on mute. That's fine. So talk. About what? That Donald Trump is an amoral, unethical, friendless ass? Just come up with something for like two minutes. Well, actually, we're getting to about an hour and a half, so I think this might be a good point to close things down. Yeah, we didn't really have a topic this week. We need something good next week. Well, it, allegedly we were going to talk about uh, school finance reform. We might carry that over in the next week. Just because, I'll just say, full disclosure, folks, um, Julia had guests in town, and I was going to be playing golf with my dad, but he's on a date with his girlfriend now because he's a dick. Oh. It's fine. He doesn't listen, and also I'll say that to his face. But, um, you know, as always, thank you very much for listening. Um, Check us out next week, and, uh, you know, Julia, what, you know, what I know it's going to be tough. No, no, you know, it's going to be tough waiting for your husband to come back from uh, his deployment. But hang in there, and I will see you next week. Yep. Talk to you later. You did, you did nothing. I just want you to have a good week, and I wish your husband well. Thank you. You're welcome. I'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Bye.